skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Welcome Living Skin Podcast listeners. It's great to have you back for another episode. And today we are switching gears and really diving into the process of medical spas, medispas, even talking about medical procedures and what that means in the skincare industry. And I could think of no one better to talk about this with than Dermalogica Canada's Education Manager, Lindsay Barris. So welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Beth. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are thrilled to have you, and I can't wait to dive in. I have so many questions, and I can't wait to cover them today. So for those of you tuning in, if you haven't had a chance to maybe meet Lindsay or hear her present across Canada, Lindsay, honestly, she is just driven by scientific proof and is passionate about utilizing result-driven treatments to grow businesses. Now, Lindsay holds a Bachelor of Science with a double major in biology and chemistry, and she also has a professional background in international sales and training in the medical industry. So today, we get to really pick Lindsay's brain, right, and have her share with us her knowledge of medical aesthetics and her experience with Dermalogica to help you drive your business forward. So a lot of great things for us to cover. So before we jump into these questions, Lindsay, um, how about you tell us a little bit more about you and your past experience and why you love discussing this topic? Thank you for the beautiful introduction, Beth. Um, so throughout my career, I've worked for medical and pharmaceutical skincare companies, and I started out in sales and absolutely loved it, and then progressed my career into training. And I trained a lot on the skin, different skin pathologies, different ingredients, um, skincare products, and also focused a lot on business building and sales training. And I had the opportunity to be really hands-on with doctors and medical clinics and spas um, and help give tools and tricks to how to grow their business. And I loved being able to show the impact that skincare can do for businesses, along with different procedures that are already driving the revenue for different clinics. In a world where expensive treatments and procedures that show instant gratification, skincare is so often overlooked. But I really see it as the key to maintaining and enhancing the results that you get from these procedures and treatments. And I really love being able to leverage that to grow a business. And Dermalogica has a line of professional treatments and products, and I'm so excited to showcase how this can be leveraged to optimize treatment results and business growth. Awesome. That sounds, I, I love how you gave the background on that, especially you know, it's a whole different world when, right, when you're working with doctors and clinics and trying to really marry, you know, the medical component of skincare along with maybe the more like aesthetic um, procedures. 
And I think it's really key, especially in the industry now, is that more and more of our, our clients and consumers are getting these more advanced treatments, right? Like microneedling, dermaplaning, injectables, all of that. And we'll talk more about that later. But if you if you get that, you can't necessarily just, it's not like a one and done. So it's like you need to take care of your skin, right? Like while you're having these types of procedures done. Is that a lot of the kind of the conversations and the trainings that you would have between skin therapist and maybe um, doctors? 100%. It's not, you know, yes, this, this one procedure treatment may give you that initial glow or that initial plumping or whatever you're looking for. But, you know, a proper at home skincare routine is the key to maintaining that result and enhancing that result. And as well, you know, you're making such a huge investment with these treatments financially, time wise, and, you know, doing all, you know, sometimes causing a lot of trauma to the skin uh, for the results that you're looking for. And you always want to protect that investment. And the only way that you can protect that investment that you're making is by always using your sunscreen, protecting your skin with antioxidants, you know, protecting from all these environmental aggressors that cause this damage that you're trying to correct in the first place. So it's that long-term vision that this one treatment is not going to get you the result that you want. It is a complete long-term commitment that not just the skin therapist has to make, but also the client has to make as well to really maintain that result that you're coming to the clinic for. Right, right. That's so true. I mean, it's definitely a partnership, but I know I want to dive into that a little bit more in our podcast today. But let me ask you about my first question here. Let's let's talk about medical procedures and really what that means in the skincare industry. Um, there's like, you know, there's invasive treatments that you mentioned. There's minimally um, invasive treatments as well. So I know you've got some great statistics to share with us. Could you um, tell us a little bit more about where we're kind of seeing these types of procedures go within the skincare industry? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's everything points to an exciting future for us and a future that is evolving and um, getting a lot more traction, which is really exciting. So when we're talking about minimally invasive treatments, so IPL, dermaplaning, microneedling, right now we're seeing that about 25% of patients that are getting these treatments are under the age of 34. So it's a very young demographic. And 98% of millennials right now would consider professional treatments. So basically most of all the millennials right now in the world would 100% be on board to be getting a professional treatment. 82% of millennials right now think that injectables are completely socially acceptable. Don't see anything wrong with it. So this is exciting because it shows the rise of these treatments that are only gonna be increasing as these millennials age, but it's also showing that getting these treatments is no longer taboo. It's no longer something that needs to be hush-hush about, you know, pretending you're all natural when really you've been investing hundreds of dollars a month into looking that way. Um, you know, we're getting a lot more awareness where it's okay to be doing this to get the result that you want. Um, and, 
the demand, the frequency, and the awareness of these treatments is going to increase because of that. And this has obvious impacts on businesses as well, because 68% of the businesses that are performing these treatments are expecting their business to grow 10% this year. And 25% of the businesses that are performing the treatments are expecting a 25% growth. So it makes it so much more vital to really partner with strong manufacturers and companies that have the same business goals and visions um, for these clinics offering the treatments. And to really partner with skincare companies where you're able to leverage skincare with these treatments to reach those goals as well. Okay, perfect. And I think that makes such an impact with the statistics that you share with us. I mean, 98% of millennials are would consider professional treatments. And like you said, it's no longer this kind of secretive thing that you're, you know, you had work done, right? <laughs> so to speak that yeah. it's just kind of part of the industry and it's really part of our society now for those, for those who are choosing, right. To definitely do that. Now, kind of flipping over from consumer to skin therapist, we know not everyone, not every professional skin therapist can do everything, right? So some of you might be listening in thinking, you know, I can only do skin treatments or I can only do a chemical peel. So there are different rules and regulations um, in, in various countries, especially, and the United States, they vary from state to state. I know in Canada, Lindsay, you guys actually are able to do quite a bit more, I think, compared to a skin therapist in the United States. So one of the things I want to maybe call out or for us to have a discussion on is that before a skin therapist goes out, and starts purchasing various devices that they're interested in or that sound like it's something their clients would want, there are a few things that they need to do first, like a checklist, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the first one is really realizing, you know, what's the vision of the practice? What is the end goal? Uh, what's the scope of your practice? What's really realistic to offer your key demographic? Because it's not just a big upfront financial commitment that you're making, but it's also a big time commitment because it's a time commitment into education and training to really understand the treatment inside and out to provide consistent treatments. Um, but you're also going to have to be incorporating more consultation times and follow-up times with these clients as well, because they're not just treatments to be kind of carried out with no follow-up. There's a lot more kind of pre and post time that you're spending with that client. I know, as you mentioned, Lindsay, you need to check your scope of practice. Number one, making sure that you are able to do certain procedures under your current licensing and not only in the state, but in the country that you're in, you know, definitely doing your research, your training, there's safety procedures, you know, in some places, especially United States, there's even different levels of certification and licensing. So I think that is a huge thing that those who might be listening in today, if they're considering, you know, moving towards like microneedling per se, is that, you know, what else you need to do? Like you mentioned, training is such a huge thing. And that is a time commitment. And I guess I think the other component of my question is for those therapists that maybe they just can't like literally, they cannot offer these devices or these types of treatments, what can they do or what should they do to try to maybe be competitive? Because that's hard, right? If you're doing, you know, 
treatments and services, but yet maybe you know of another place that's offering these more advanced modalities, and you, but you want to make sure that you're staying within your scope of practice and your guidelines and your safety procedures, what can they do? Yeah, that's a great question, Beth. And I think that that is probably a hurdle that a lot of skin therapists are dealing with to stay relevant in such a competitive market where for some reason they are not able to bring on different professional treatments or modalities. And I would first say to them that not every client is looking for a advanced treatment or procedure like that. And that's completely okay. And I think that every skin therapist has their own passion, has their own niche. And I would really recommend leveraging that with their client base and figuring out what their clients are really coming to them for. Mm -hmm. And really having an in-depth consultation to find that mutually agreed upon end result and seeing what they have at their fingertips to work with to get there. For example, chemical peels, chemical peels, all skin therapists are able to provide chemical peels and there's a lot of great ones out on the market and Dermalogica's Pro Power Peels are very universal, can be mixed and layered and are extremely customizable where you can get really professional results driven peels with that. And so I would recommend being able to focus on what you do have and how you're able to customize that for your clients and results. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great answer. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up about not really being focused on what you can't do, but really looking at what you already are doing and doing really well. And as you said, these types of services aren't, you know, for everybody as a consumer or, you know, or client, but honestly, sometimes as a skin therapist, they may not be right for you. I mean, if you don't have an interest in microneedling or dermaplaning, that's okay. Um, sometimes this is a lot of competition, a lot of just kind of, you know, how do I keep up, right, with what's happening in the industry. But at the end of the day, healthy skin, safe and effective treatments, I think will always be, you know, paramount to everything. So there are a lot of... Um, comp, you know, some procedures that are happening within the industry right now. What are some of those that you see with your experience and being out in the industry that you see are taking like hold in our industry that are really kind of coming on strong or becoming very popular? So right here in Canada, microneedling is really taken off. Um, I would say dermaplaning is quite popular as well. IPL you know, your fractional ablative, non-ablative, I, I would say that's pretty prevalent everywhere in the in the medical industry. So you mentioned then, Lindsay, that microneedling and, and dermaplaning are, are taking off. So for someone might be listening in that's not 100% familiar with that, can you give us just like kind of a brief description of, of what and how you see this kind of being uh, utilized in Canada? Yes, absolutely. So for just to give a quick synopsis um, on each. So microneedling is essentially a device that is puncturing holes into the skin, for a lack of a better word. Um, you know, this can be seen, you know, as a derma roller, a derma pen. Um, there's a lot of different commonplace names for it, but the real medical term for microneedling is percutaneous collagen induction therapy. 
because the theory behind microneedling is that you are puncturing this these skin the skin with these little microneedles where you are creating a wound healing response because you're damaging the collagen in the skin and your body's natural response then is to produce new and improved collagen that is going to provide plumpness to the skin that is going to increase the density of the skin all the while when you're damaging the skin as well it's creating these little micro channels where products can then get deeper penetration into the skin so your skin is able to uptake and absorb your topical products so much more readily and then are you guys actually experiencing maybe an uptake on dermaplaning? I know that's a huge buzzword and I, you see it a lot, especially like on social media and different types of platforms that are kind of showing people are like, you know, they're actually like videoing themselves, like getting it done. What about, how is that taking off in Canada for you? So dermaplaning, I would say is much more prevalent in the spa world okay. in Canada. And because it's a form of manual exfoliation where you're just literally taking a surgical blade and sloughing off that dull outer layer of the skin. So it's not invasive, there's no downtime. And the best thing about dermaplaning is that it's very customizable. So you can do a dermaplaning treatment and then leave your spa and go about your day with no downtime. And you, or you can even do dermaplaning before a chemical peel or any other form of chemical exfoliation. And the theory behind that is that once you physically slough off that dull outer layer, you have such better uptake of that chemical exfoliation, right? Mm -hmm. Because it has just a direct mechanism of entrance and it's not being shielded by that dull dead skin layer. Right, right. And that sounds, definitely never was on, sounds exciting to have done, but again, not for everybody. So not everyone's skin can necessarily tolerate that type of physical resurfacing followed by like a chemical peel. But that's what you're kind of seeing really happening more um, in popularity in like the the medi the medi spa and the medical spas too. Is that is that right? Yes. So Lindsay, what advanced services do you see emerging in the future? Or that that you feel is exciting? Or are there any that are surprising you? Another advanced service that has completely taken off and that I don't see slowing down anytime soon are all the different body contouring procedures. Um, all the different devices that are gaining so much more awareness now that there's so many different celebrities that are coming forward and being the face of these companies. And, you know, clinics are investing huge amounts of money into these devices and clients are paying for it. And I, I do see skin therapists starting to bring on some of these devices. And I do think that they will have a huge future in the spa industry and the medical industry. I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that because I mean, I think about when I got my license, I'm not going to date myself on the podcast, but let's just suffice. It was a really long time ago. So I, you know, I think back to the days of like doing your body wrap, right. And you had like your body scrub. I mean, at the time that sounded amazing, but now, I mean, that's just commonplace. So, right. These, some of these body contouring <laughs> procedures are really, um, you know, super advanced, like definitely like 
you know, sculpting and fat melting and it's really changing. So I'm glad you brought that up because I know some therapists might be thinking about their like, you know what, I just, I just focus on the face, not really into doing a lot of, you know, body treatments, but that's something I think that they should be aware of and just kind of, kind of keep your eye right on that arena of, of what's happening from there. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that for a skin therapist, for me, it would be exciting because these are all clients that are choosing to go to your clinic for a body treatment. So these are our clients that you can easily cross pollinate to, you know, facial treatment clients or to skin treatment clients. So, you know, it's an opportunity. It's easier to create a loyal client from an existing client than a new one. So whatever right. it takes to get them in the door. Right. I love that. That's stuff. That's a great point. It's definitely being able to, you said cross pollinate. You've got them there for another service. They already trust you. This is a great time to be introducing them into these types of, of treatments. Now, the results from these treatments, however, are not just reliant upon the skin therapist, what he or she is doing, um, their technique. There is a client aspect and a commitment as well. So I wanted to take a moment and chat about a few key things that skin therapists should be, you know, telling their client to be prepared for some of these more advanced services, like such as like, don't come in with untreated skin, you know, don't, don't do an at home peel. If you're coming in to have, you know, microneedling the very next day, um, maybe these services aren't ideal for like your first treatment. So what do you recommend of what a skin therapist should communicate to their client on how they can get prepared for these advanced treatments and get their best results. The skin consultation is absolutely key to get the results that a client wants. I think that it absolutely starts with finding a mutually agreed upon desired outcome. They need to mutually agree upon it because it is just as much the commitment of the skin therapist to provide those results as it is the client. Because if the client is, isn't going to use the prescribed at-home products or prescribed at-home treatments, then they're not going to get the results that they were coming to that skin therapist for. So I think it starts with the skin consultation to really be able to find a realistic, mutually agreed upon desired outcome and for them to understand that it's just as much their responsibility as it is the skin therapist's. The number one priority that a client needs to keep in mind is that they will get the best results when they're coming in for their treatment with healthy skin. Their skin needs to be in a healthy state where their barrier cannot be impaired. A barrier cannot be impaired by any form of rash, any form of, um, you know, they can't have a cold sore or they can't still be in downtime from their last treatment. They can't have low immune system. They need to be in a healthy state with proper hydration in their skin and the appropriate lipid ratio. Because when you have a healthy barrier function, that's going to be trapping in all of that water and keeping out any invaders from getting into the skin that cause inflammation. And when your skin is in this healthy state, it's so much more available to uptake any active ingredients. So where the active ingredients are able to do what they should be doing in the skin because your skin is in that healthy state. 
Also, when your skin is in a healthy state, when you create any trauma to the skin, say with these treatments, you have such a so you have such a faster rebound rate where your skin is able to be more resilient and bounce back to normal after the treatment. What we would also recommend for the client coming in for treatment is that they're priming their skin. And you had mentioned before, you know, laying off any exfoliant or not doing a treatment the day before you're microneedling. And this is a little bit of a conundrum because we say don't exfoliate before a treatment, but you want to be exfoliating regularly before a treatment. Um, so I think it's completely dependent on the treatment that you're getting. And we usually recommend to lay off exfoliants at least two full days before a treatment that you're getting. But the theory behind priming the skin is that you're sloughing off any dull outer layer dead skin cells on the skin so that when you're laying in that treatment bed, you can get down to the nitty gritty that you can't do at home. So it's like sweeping before you mop getting off everything you can get off at home so that you can do the heavy lifting in the treatment bed. Mm -hmm. As well, when you're doing that and you're exfoliating, say before a laser treatment or an IPL, those chromophores are so much more readily accessible at the surface of the skin to be able to be attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and like you said, it's not saying like you can't do these some types of priming or, you know, resurfacing before you have a treatment. It's just the timing of when you're getting it done. And I think that's a key thing too, that when the therapist is scheduling these types of advanced treatments, it's making sure you have the conversation far enough, you know, ahead of time. And, you know, there's a lot of at-home peels I've seen up there in the market. And, you know, believe it or not, sometimes people do that. They do something really aggressive the day before you know, a very active treatment. And that's where you can kind of see, you know, things kind of go wrong. But I love how you mentioned this. This is about priming the skin before a treatment. So if you've never exfoliated your skin, you don't want to walk into, you know, having a, a really advanced treatment that's got high levels of resurfacing and not having done anything before. Like you said, it's just kind of blocking. You want to, I love the you want to sweep before you mop. I think that's a good analogy. I like that. I think that's great. Yeah, that's perfect. And, so, and it, mm -hmm. I think that a for further to your point in terms of the time commitment, I think that it's also setting the expectation of what's going to happen after the treatment. And again, this happens in the skin consultation. Um, we just recently had to turn a client away because she was so adamant about going to her hot yoga class after microneedling. And, you know, that would just cause so much irritation to the skin. And my, my face burns even just thinking about that. But I think it's setting the expectation of, you know, after you get this treatment, your skin is going to be very exposed and raw. And we don't recommend you going out in the sun, going out in you know, high polluted areas. You can't be working out for a couple of days afterwards until the skin barrier is intact and setting that expectation. So they know how to plan their days afterwards as well. It's not just yeah. the skin therapist that revolves their time around it. It's also the client as well. Mm -hmm. It's just as much as the client's responsibility as it is for the skin therapist. And I really like how you mentioned that, that the, there is a, you know, uh, pre 
treatment that you, you know, kind of you have to do a pre-prep that you have to do to be get ready for a treatment like this. And there's also the post-care. And that's a huge thing that is is really important is that a skin therapist also too follows up with that that post care. And that kind of links it into to retailing correct products. Would you agree? Absolutely, 100%. I think that, again, it's that education piece. It's, you know, after this treatment, you're going to see this glow. You're going to see you know, such better skin texture, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. But the only two, the only way to enhance those results or to maintain them is with a commitment to an at-home skincare regime. Yes, absolutely. I think that's so key because they, you know, if the client's not maybe potentially using the correct or proper skincare at home, you know, in conjunction with their treatments, I don't, I don't see necessarily where, you know, the results may not you know, come about that they're hoping to see. You know, I always, I always think about like active service, like an active treatment that's really maybe, um, you know, slightly invasive means that there should be active home care. You need to have like, your sunscreens, your serums, your moisturizers, a proper cleanser. And I think it's really also in the skin therapist responsibility to make sure you're, you know, you don't let your client leave without proper, you know, skincare for a home. But it's also too, as you mentioned, which I love, is that it's also a commitment from the client, and you know the two of them really working together in a relationship to to, to have like the healthiest skin. Completely agree. I there's actually a really crazy stat that says more than eighty percent of skincare clients who leave a medical facility or a skin center without buying a product for home use after they receive a treatment will purchase at least one skincare product in a drugstore or department store within 24 hours. Yeah, so they're they're so, buying it someplace, right? If they're not buying exactly. it. Exactly, if they're not buying it from you, they're buying it from somewhere else and might as well make sure that they're investing in a product that you know is safe to use on their skin and that you know is actually going to make a positive impact on their skin versus going and buying the cheapest thing that they can find at their local drugstore. Right. Or just not understanding which thing they should buy. Like, for example, maybe purchasing a chemical sunscreen versus a physical sunscreen after they've had something done like microneedling or dermaplaning, because that's not going to be the greatest combination. But, you know, client may not necessarily always know that. So I think also that you know, if you're linking retail to your services, not only does it help the results of the treatment and ensures their healthiest skin, but it does build a bit more loyalty, I think, to the therapist. Um, do you have any suggestions or advice on how a therapist can use these services and or treatments to build a loyal clientele? Yes, absolutely. So I have a, I have a question back at you, Beth. So think about your, you know, where you go to get your hair done, where you go to get your nails done. What makes you loyal to your hair girl or your nail, nail girl? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, education and transparency and the fact that they are always uh, very professional and checking in with, in with me. The customer service is outstanding. Exactly. I know for me, my loyalty comes from the experience that I get and from getting what I want, aka the results that I'm going to them for. And 
especially in a world today where there is so much more competition and there's so much more awareness of these treatments and there's so much more popping up, the main thing that is going to separate any skin therapist or any spa or any clinic is the customer service and the retail experience. And that's not just handing somebody a hot towel and that's not just, you know, making sure that they have the best comfortable couches for somebody to sit on. It's making sure that they are properly being educated into how best get, to get the results and that they're understanding why they're investing with you and mm -hmm. why they're investing in the products that you're recommending for them and they understand it and they feel that their needs were met and they feel that they were heard. So my recommendation for any skin therapist is to be educated, to be the expert so that when you're performing these treatments or these procedures, you're communicating exactly what's happening in the skin and communicating exactly what the client can expect. And they understand why it's essential to go home with this home care skincare routine to maximize these results. And that's what's going to create a loyal client. And a loyal client is completely integral for the growth of a business. Mm -hmm. They say that a loyal customer is worth up to 10 times their initial purchase. And that does not mean that somebody's going to come back and buy 10 daily microfoliants after buying one <laughs> the first time right. or anything like that. It means that they are going to be going to the media to spread the word. They're going to be promoting you to their friends. They're going to be recommending you to all their friends and family. And it also means that they trust you, that they're going to come back and try a new treatment or procedure with you because they trust that you know what they're doing and they trust that you hear them and that you understand what the client needs. Mm -hmm. And that word of mouth marketing is the best way that a spa or a clinic can promote themselves. 92% of consumers believe recommendation from friends and family over all forms of advertising. Yeah. And the best way to spread that word is the service that you're providing. If you think about it, you know, think of every time you've had an incredible customer service experience. You tell everybody about that, but you never really spread the word about an okay customer experience right. or a time that you were satisfied. You know, you're spreading the word when it was an exceptional experience and you got exactly what you're expecting to get and your mind was completely blown by the results. Mm -hmm. That is how you get your loyal client base. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, and especially with these services that we've been talking about today, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's just so much more than just lying down and getting, you know, a, a quick, you know, cleansing and exfoliation and, you know, a mask and a moisturizer. This can also too bring up, I think a little bit more of anxiety from a client, if this is the first time they've had something invasive like this done or minimally, you know, invasive like microneedling or dermaplaning or even IPL. So it's just so imperative. I'm so glad you brought that up to really talk them through every step pre-treatment, during the treatment, what to expect after the treatment. Because I think oftentimes when there's that lack of communication, that's when the client gets disappointed, disenchanted. Maybe they don't necessarily see 
the results. Maybe they were expecting the results to be like instantaneous when actually, you know, they needed two or three days, you know, of healing time to actually see, you know, the, the amazing benefits to their skin. So I think that's really key that you shared that with that point. And on top of that, it's not just kind of like waiting and kind of like, let's wait and see what happens. There is some type of actual, you know, commitment and investment when it comes to using the correct products at home and, you know, having your consumers really follow your advice, being really specific about these are your steps. Here's your checklist. These are your do's and don'ts. Um, do you understand getting a verbal commitment? Like, yes, I get it. I will not go into the sun. I will avoid hot yoga after <laughs> a dermaplaning. I will not go to the sauna or go swimming. But again, I think these are things that as skin therapists, we can't take for granted to assume that our clients know, right? 100%. That's such a great point. And, you know, it, it always comes back to that basic human need. What does everyone want? Everyone wants to feel heard and understood. And so having a skin therapist reiterate what's happening in the skin and the decision and the reasoning behind what they're doing to your skin, that makes the client feel heard and understood because, okay, they're addressing that need that I want. They're addressing the reason that I'm here for that desired outcome. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key thing behind that I like to highlight is that it goes much more, I would say, actually, it goes beyond the service. It's just not what happens physically on the skin, but it's all the pieces that happen before, during, and after that actually make up a fantastic service for a client. And I think that's a really a key thing for skin therapists to remember is just not about what you're doing. It's about what you're saying, how you're doing it, and then your communication and your commitment to your client as well. Okay. This is great. I know you and I could probably talk about um, <laughs> the business of skincare and building a loyal clientele and retailing all day long. I think this has been such a great time for us to really just kind of tap into what's happening in our industry, especially when it comes to these types of more, you know, medi spa treatments or medical spa devices, because there's a lot of skin therapists out there that are, are doing it as well. So I wanted to thank you so much, Lindsay, for taking the time today to meet with us and have a really open, organic discussion um, and to help our skin therapists who are tuning in today to the Living Skin Podcast to get prepared if they're taking these types of treatments on or to actually be able to kind of raise the bar on their services as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I always love talking to you, Beth. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, cheers to living in your healthiest skin.